0: Hello good people of the internet, this is Tommy Kelly and this of course is the Tommy Kelly podcast and we are yet again out and about, not exactly a field trip this time though, it's just I'm outside a hotel, just outside the lovely town of Drogheda and uh, my wife Vanessa is inside getting some acupuncture done to help her with her pregnancy, it's coming near the end of that now and so this is what this podcast is going to be about. It's going to be about me looking, no, not me looking back, my expectations and my thoughts about becoming a father. Speaking as a parent, <laughs> I get to say that now. Speaking as a parent, uh, and then you get to say whatever nonsense you want. Speaking as a parent, I think that the political climate in this country is absurd. I don't know why speaking as a parent has anything bearing on any of these things but anyway so yes out and about so again we are a mobile podcasting because it's something that i reckon i'm going to have to be do I'm going to have to do uh, when the baby comes and when the new school term starts because there's going to be 10 kids now in the preschool that's also attached to the house and um another teacher because you know finesse is going to be taking some time off work so there's that um, noisiness to add to as well as a child and uh, and rigs the cat who's become exceedingly noisy recently but uh, I'm sitting here and uh, it's basically we drive up here she goes in falls asleep for an hour and gets needle stuck into her and I try to catch up on some work uh, because there's not enough hours in the day for Tommy to get all the things he needs to do so I've just recorded two videos for the 47th video course so that I have a buffer in case because uh, uh, is 37 37 weeks, mid 37 weeks tomorrow uh, as I record this. So, at any stage, you could be going. And uh, so, yeah, becoming a father and becoming a parent and all that. But it's odd over the last couple of weeks because it's coming near the end and there's kind of that winding down where we had gone into doctors' offices. We, we, Vanessa got um, gestational diabetes. Well, she was diagnosed with gestational diabetes. I, I'm i questioning that diagnosis as everything, uh, all of her blood tests and all of her things have been perfect since, apart from the initial diagnosis. And when we went into the hospital to do the initial diagnosis, she was tested for diabetes because her father has type 2 diabetes. So basically anyone whose uh, relatives have diabetes, they test you in pregnancy because... It's, you know, it's, it's it's some sort of hereditary or you might have some sort of factors going on into it. No, the only problem was that um, when we did the test, when we went in first, the midwife that was dealing with us uh, couldn't get enough of Finesse's blood for the first test. So basically you fast all night. And then you come in, in the morning and to test your blood to see what your blood sugar level is. Then they give you the sugariest drink in the entire world and to test it an hour and then two hours afterwards to see how your body's cooking with sugar. So the first test, which was the fasting test, Vanessa uh could didn't give an awful lot of blood. Vanessa always is able to give blood easily because she gives blood um and she's had you know a lot of tests and stuff, and everything's always been fine with giving blood, but this this midwife in particular couldn't get much blood out. And then she said something very odd. She said, sir, if I don't get enough blood here, what I'll do is I'll mix it with the blood of the second test. And I thought she was joking because I was going, there's no way anyone who works, in, works with blood or blood tests or at any sort of medical uh, faculty would possibly mix a blood test over two things when you're doing a blood sugar test. Never mind doing any sort of test, but particularly when you're doing something with a blood sugar test. So you're going to mix a fasting state with a sugary state. Anyhow. Long story short is Vanessa's resting blood sugars were very high. So I rang up the hospital, as Tommy does, and goes, uh, did you mix the blood? Because you were taking... And she actually mentioned it again to Vanessa. And Finesse goes, I thought you would have said something. And I goes, I literally thought she was joking. I didn't think anyone would be that kind of thing. And uh, But it's just because she then said it to Vanessa again later or, or mentioned maybe two more times or something like that that she was going to mix it. And she goes, no, 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 I, I definitely didn't mix any of the blood. And uh, I, yeah. You know, so we did the test ourselves the next, the very next day, the exact same test, and uh, finesse's bloods were fine. So it's questionable diagnosis. But when we got finally, we got talking to different people and uh, in the different doctors, we got assigned to the diabetic clinic. And the doctor basically, the endocrinologist, basically said, "Look, you may or may not like you, I know you're questioning this diagnosis and all that kind of thing," and he was telling you to kind of really said anything other than address it no it's all good it's all fine of course you know they would have to cover their their own behinds but he's like look it doesn't matter if you have it or you don't have it. you're going to get an awful lot more care and more monitoring in the diabetic clinic than you would if you were just a normal you know outpatient normal pregnancy i suppose we've gone yeah well I to see that but the the downside of it of course was that Vanessa had to um blood tests seven times a day so she's ruined her fingers uh, with needles excuse me um with uh you know taking blood tests and that's very ha- um not a hassle and she had to be super careful about her diet and super limiting and she had to eat stuff that she doesn't normally eat like Vanessa has like one of the best diets you'll ever come across she's a really clean eater she's really healthy with her foods uh food choices and all of those kind of things and um, but she just doesn't like certain things. She doesn't like pastas. She doesn't like rices. She doesn't like you know those type of things. And but she would like her big thing is fruit. She loves fruit. And it's interesting what ended up um, spiking blood sugar and what didn't. Um, fruit didn't at all spike our blood sugar level, which is one of the things that people are always commenting about. Oh, bl- uh, sh- um, fruit is just as bad as if you have a marshmallow. Well, not in Vanessa's case. It's, it absolutely didn't spike her blood sugar level, even the fruit that's meant to the high sugar ones. What did spike it um, was zero sugar drinks, which the dietitian absolutely wouldn't believe. Yet when we rang up, We're talking about it to the other section. They said, Yes, we've heard of these things before. And Finesse's father actually, um, some sugar free drinks will spike his blood as well. It's the cheaper ones that spike his blood, the dear one, like if you know you're getting your your little or your Aldi's or your United States equivalent, whatever that is. Um Rather than your actual Coke zeros or stuff like that. But it was um, Rock Shandy Club Zero. So uh, it had like massively spiked. When I say massively, massively spiked for finesse, Like not in... It wouldn't be a normal, you know, if it was... Going by what we hear about other people's uh, numbers. Hers are still quite low even when it's spiked. Brown Bread spiked it quite high. And... uh, what, peanuts did once or nuts not uh, cashews or something which was odd but the dietitian was also saying that stress can play a large part of it and the endocrinologist wasn't having any of that at all he didn't uh, he's, he was like you have to pretend like you're in prison and you eat exactly the same food every day for breakfast for lunch and for dinner and uh, snacks and it's all exactly the same prison, prison, prison the dietitian was uh, just couldn't handle that she was like that's just a thing that needs to be thrown away. So you know you're getting different conflicting kind of what's the word? Advice from different people. But they were all have to say very nice other than the second dietitian who was really nasty and not nice at all she was very aggressive, very hostile um, talked down to finesse an awful lot um, and just really wasn't a nice person at all which is very odd. You know very in your face very um, hostile that's just simple as that and uh you know like passive aggressive because i was saying about the the diet drinks whatever i just wouldn't have it And goes well you know that's just not possible this fucking shitty thing that people do that pushes my buttons big time but uh other than that was fine so yeah the, the, so why did i get off that tangent um yeah like so basically like the or she didn't get any um Sickness or any of those things early on in things So the pregnancy has been quite good. All has been well and extra we're getting extra monitoring and we're getting uh, extra uh, scans and all that that we wouldn't have. So yes, I know I'm back to where I was. The reason why it's starting to come real is that when we went back to the endocrinologist last time, he says, "Um, we're fine now. We don't have to see you again." And the dietitian says, "You know, just a couple of weeks ago, we don't have to see you again." So it's we've done our last kind of visits with various different doctors. So now it's the literally the home stretch, and in we go. So we have one more appointment tomorrow, and that's just with the um prenatal doctor um themselves. I say themselves because it's um it's been. You know, it's not the same doctor you go to every time. It, there's obviously a doctor who's over, over the clinic and then, you know, there's a group of doctors working under them. And each of them have, have a, a sidekick who's obviously training too. So we've had two, no, a female doctor and a male doctor. There's two female doctors and a male doctor who's the prenatal thing and but all of them have been really nice. So we have to go to see them and that'll be the last. I think the last, it all depends. No, it's not the last. It depends on what what way they, they want to go with it from then on. I think then we might see our own doctor next week and then back then if she hasn't gone already. I'm not, it's, we'll know tomorrow. I'm totally guessing. But it's all the Kent there. And so it's been on my mind to um start thinking about being a father more than anything, Uh, you know, more before because it's always been, oh, well, you know, you're going to be a father and, you know, you're having a kid and all that when they're pregnant. There's not much escaping it when you see your wife and she's getting bigger, you know. Don't tell her I said that, and <laughs> um, but it's good. when it's come to the end, it's like this is going to happen. So Finesse is kind of freaking out a a wee bit about um the labour and about the different things because it's that thing people do, which is you know not helpful. Is that as soon as they're talking, you know, to a pregnant person, or you know, you know, when you tell them your your wife's pregnant, they initially tell you the horror stories and you know, how horrible it is. And what they're tortured and what they had to go through. And no one tells you, you know, the good thing. And one of the things that I found about... so we wanted to have kids for a long while and it just didn't work out for us. Um, but anyone who ever I've come across who ever talked about their kids, all they did was talk negatively about their kids and how much it, it drives them insane. And uh, even to the point of it sounds like they hate their, they hate their children to an awful lot of extent. And I know people are venting on social media, which is mostly where this was coming from, that. But I sent it to a couple of people at one point. It goes, you are aware that you come across as someone who hates their kids, and because all you do is literally complain about them, and they were horrified by it, and uh, but like knew I was being right when you know when they thought about it and stuff, and they're saying, oh well, it is hard and all that, but it, but it's worth it. But most people then when they come across the, you know, say you're pregnant or thing, it's to start telling you horror stories and start telling you all the things. So it's very easy to get kind of caught up in feeling like, rather than it being a great occasion, something that this is now. You know, I think people say, oh, it's all over now. That's it. It's all over now. Your life's over. And I've had a number of people say that to me. Your life is over because you've had a child. It's all going to be different. Oh, you'll never sleep again. Oh, it's a terrible. You know, like, like... How many children have been born (laughs) In the world And how many people have been parents Who you know Life didn't change Or you know Who actually slept again And I think people like Would go oh it's all changed Whatever Like I'm 41 How much is my life Dramatically going to change Really Like I mean obviously You know it's going to change You have a child All those kind of things But it's like I don't really leave the house that much anyway, <laughs> so it's not uh, as do I do? I, do I now change that I have to leave the house an a lot more. People say, oh, you won't be doing this, you know, the, you won't be doing the drone, or you won't be doing that. Because well, why do people stop working when uh, they have children? Like, if I worked in the office, uh, you know, as an accountant, would I have to stop working now that I have a child? it seems ridiculous that you think that I would stop my job it's because people don't real or don't accept being an artist as a job they think it's just kind of like a, it's a hobby you do and um, and most people when you say i'm an artist the initial the very first thing they will, they will think uh, of oh, you know so you're on social welfare so you don't actually have a job you're you're not and it's weird like when people cuz a couple of friends have, have have said to me like things like off oh, cuff or uh, like well, how much you get in the dole and stuff? I go, I don't know, I'm not in the dole. You know, to just assume that you're, you know, you're not working. It's like, well, I have a nice house. I pay my mortgage. I have some nice toys. I have a great computer and all these things. And what do you think I'm doing that in the dole? I don't understand. It's just people don't seem to understand that you can do stuff other than, you know, the standard jobs for a living, like, you know. So it's like... um to say, oh, you'll have to give all that because it's seen as if it's a hobby, as if something you get to do when you're, um you know, because you've no responsibilities, you get to be an artist. Ooh. But like, if I stop drawing, then who's paying for the baby? You know, who's paying for the mortgage? Who's paying for these things? And it's also like, oh, your life's going to change. And it's like, if you're 20 and you have a baby, I think your life is probably going to change. Or if you're 25 and you're out clubbing or you're out partying every weekend, you know, and you don't have a job or you're not settled down or, you you know, you're not married or you're not living with your partner or you don't have a house or all these things. Then I think, yeah, your life is dramatically going to change. And probably you will feel that negatively. But I think when you're in your 40s, when, you know, you've been married X amount of years, I think it's seven, this seven years this month, actually. um, And we were together for a lot long before that. We've been living with each other for like a decade so that's not going to change that all of that kind of things. So while I am aware of that it's obviously a huge change and there will be many different things to my routine and to my life that will change. I don't think it's for the net for mostly for the negative. Like I think a lot of the things that are change I already have in place. And it's if so if you have kids and if you're talking to someone who doesn't have kids and their things don't tell them your horror stories. Don't start this because it only adds to worry and to stress, and I don't understand why you would do that. Because you're not doing it to. It's not done in a in a prepare you way. Or you need to prepare it. It's done in a kind of a a a, a, a like a, a jibing way. In a oh, oh 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 oh, you've had it handy. You're fucked now, mate. It's done in a kind of a not aggressive, but a, like a kind of an aggressive kind of way. And then of course, women who have had babies, tell uh, Vanessa all of the horror stories of labour and all the trauma that people went through and the nightmares. and Oh, it was, you know, so tough. I'm sure it was. But we met a few people. One woman in particular when we were in one of the uh, hospital visits and she was just going, to just don't listen to anyone. Don't listen to anyone who tell you anything because it's, it'll only worry you and it's, none of it's true. That everyone... Ha- Everyone has a different experiences, and she was telling us about how easy it was for her and how great it was to have kids, and that life didn't change that dramatically, and that you know um all of these things and the bits that did was awesome and so that was great to hear coming from a flood of people telling you you know how shit your life was about to become essentially and uh a couple of people older people from around where we live would stop and talk to us, and they would have the same and because don't be listening to anyone. It's brilliant uh, you know having kids was the best thing that I ever did it's wonderful I have grandkids now and it's just it's amazing it's brilliant and so that that's that's kind of good and that was encouraging and stuff like that but I'm not one for listening to people too much anyway but th- 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 that kind of stuff can play into the back of your mind and can interrupt your patterns and can change your vibration man um, and particularly easier for me because I'm not gonna I don't have to endure Massive mental pain, or my body didn't. Well, my body did change over the course of the pregnancy, but <laughs> that was more to do with uh, lack of exercise and diet, I assume, than any sort of hormonal change or a change or a baby growing inside me. But Finesse, of course, has uh, a baby inside her, and that has to come out, and that's going to be painful. And there's the complications of, not complications, but the idea of like, you know, um, is it going to be induced? Is it or not induced, but is is it, or, you know, is it gonna go well? Is it, you know, are they gonna to have to come in with things? she doesn't want to take painkillers Is so she's gonna to have to have an epidural the people will be talking about the gas in there, people will be talking about um being induced in this uh, oxytocin, is it? Oxycontin, <laughs> oxytocin drip, and it's meant to be a nightmare. Other people say it's fine, and the gel and sweeps and all of these things. And you know, it's just I can only imagine. The nightmare that her brain is putting her through as well as the hormonal madness that's gone through her body and then you also have the thing of that so she's been you know, hasn't been on her own for the last nine months at all because she had, you know, baby inside her and so that's going to change where that closeness that's, you know, I'm sure there's an issue there where once it out, it's out kind of becomes everyone's rather than just hers I don't know that's me thinking that I'm not sure I don't know if she even thinks that at all and then after all those things when you're worried about labour and I'd be thinking about oh I have to have, cause, I have to have cash to get it because I never have cash anymore because everything is digital now and I get oh, I, never, I don't get paid in cash everything's paid through you know PayPal or banks and stuff so I never have cash in me ever but the car park in the hospital only takes cash so I have, to, you know, I've, I've I've like 40 quid or 50 quid sitting in my wallet this last couple of weeks, just in case at any second we had to go. So that would be one less thing I had to stress about because the last thing I would need is we're leaving the hospital now with baby, whatever. Yeah, I have to get to a bank to get cash, you know, and it's just that would be playing on my mind. Little simple things like that to try and, you know, take care of and be done where you have... um. You know, so you're not worried about those kind of things and you have, you know, you have bags packed and all of these things that yeah, you you have to get around. I'm kind of coming to the end here because I'm running out of time and probably have a lot more to say about all this. But um, I'm excited and I'm calm about the whole thing and the calmness, in a sense, is making me a wee bit nervous because I think I should be nervous about this thing, but I'm not. There's a sense of there's a serenity around me. And I assume that's because I'm not going to be going through the physical hell of it. I'm, you know, while I'll be there. But I don't know. I am excited. I want it to happen now. At this point, you know, I want it to. Let, let's get this going. You know, when people will be saying, "Oh, the first four weeks or the first six weeks is hell." <laughs> first, and then some said, the first six months is hell." gonna like, oh, stop telling me things. But if it is going to be, let's come on. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Let's let's do this thing. So it'll be interesting to see. I've I've always been very hesitant about talking about, oh, when I'm a parent, I'll do this and do that because you have no idea. You know, you look at other parents go, well, I won't do, I won't do that. You know, that's not something I will do with my children. But how how do you know? How the fuck do you know until you're in that situation? You go, oh, look at these people and their kids just sitting in front of the television all day. Oh, tat boom and other noises. I said he's hard to say, but it's like, I don't know. I I obviously. Don't want to do that, but you don't know until you're in there, like, you know, what what sort of parents you're going to be, what what you're going to allow, what you're not going to allow. I have ideas of what I would like to be and them kind of things, but I have to go with it too and it just kind of take it easy and all those things. So I'm excited. I'm nervous. I'm more excited than nervous. Um, I'm calm and serene, yet at the same time, there's this, you know, this huge thing. in the future, But it's not like... You know, oh, you know, when you're thinking, oh, have my driving test to do next week? It's not that kind of... It's not a dread, even though it's, it's tough and even though there's the... It will be tough for finesse. It'll be tough for me looking at it. Uh, but it's... It's interesting that it's not not a dread or it's not giving that most of the feedback I've gotten from people is to expect, uh, you know, the worst part of your life ever. <laughs> Which is so odd because people go, having oh, having kids is the best thing I ever did. Yeah, but... You know it's not the way you talk most of the time. It's not you've been talking to me, but anyway, I'm going on and on a bit too much about the whole thing uh, I'm repeating myself as is my want of an evening, so yeah, Tommy's going to be dad Could happen at any stage um sitting in a car park, wife getting acupuncture, life's about to dramatically change, hopefully for the the best and for the good, and I'm ex- hoping that it's for the good and that the all the things that people tell- ta- have been telling me. It's just People and You know Like to be heard And like to be given out I know it'll be tough But I don't think It'll be horrible And I don't think It's something to be dread I think I'm up for the challenge I'm up for it And uh, We'll see how it goes So yeah (laughs) So that was Tommy Kelly Podcast and uh, if you enjoyed that then um, check out TommyKellyPodcast.com and you can find a host of other podcasts that I've done. Most of them aren't about being pregnant or your wife being pregnant. Um, Most of them are something to do with either chaos magic, uh, personal development, me um, trying to sort out my own shadow and my own issues in uh, the hope that not in, I'm just going to say in the hope that other people find it valuable, but it's mostly in the hope that I find it valuable. I have to be very uh, selfishly honest about that. Um so yeah, check it out. Tommy Kelly Podcast, loads of them there. If you go to adventuresinwuwoo.com, that's basically the hub, that's where everything is, and you will find you know stuff about me, you'll find all the blog posts, there's a magic grimoire, there's, I say this all the time, there's a magic grimoire, there's a magic primal which will, if you're new to magic, that'll tell you everything you, that you would need to get started for Sigil Service servitors, chaos magic, banishing, all those kind of things. The 47 Servants stuff is there, and there's a 40 Servants video course, which you can uh, click on, and you will find all the information you would possibly want about the servants there, including how to use them for free. Or if you want to spend money on them, to spend money on them by getting the decks, the different versions of the decks, the grimoire of the 40 Servants, all the cards, T-shirts, and there's even a mug. If you would like to support me with your monies, then you can go to tommykelly.com, which is T-O-M-M-I-E, and that'll bring you to my Patreon page, where you can um, sign up. at four levels, different amounts of money, which gets you different amounts of rewards. And certain different rewards, there's things like there's PDFs of The Grimord of the 47, there's the digital download of the deck, there's the PDFs of my comics. There is access to a thing called The Journey, which is a, sh- a year-long shadow-working meditation examination of our souls that we've been doing since January but you can start at any time and um, we do weekly rituals where we have even a astral temple and we all you know sort of sync up around the world and we send each other good vibes and that's going well that's new and that you know that's evolving and coming uh, turning into something really cool and other stuff you get the podcast a couple of days earlier you get uh, exclusive audios and videos and all those things check it out tommykelly.com or just search me on Patreon and you'll find it uh, there and that's about it I'm on social medias at Tommy Kelly Artist on Facebook but I'm pretty much at Tommy Kelly on everything else Instagram uh, Twitter 500px I don't really use it anymore and um, All the things, if you want to find me on anything, it's T-O-M-M-I-E, Kelly normally with a Y. And, yeah, that's it. Uh, AdventureToMovie.com is the place you find all the links to everything, so if you only remember one of these things, remember that. So, good people of the internet, Uh, this is pre-recorded, so God knows what my life has become um, in the meantime. (laughs) Uh, Since it could be exactly the same, and I could be just sitting here next week recording going yeah no it yeah, still hasn't happened but um, it feels it feels like it's about to happen soon so may what's what's my blessing for you good people of the internet this week may all the stories and may all the things that people tell you may they be positive and most most importantly may they be true may they not be um, them telling you stuff just to make themselves feel better or more accomplished may they bless you and may they say things only for your benefit and to build you up and to make you stronger and a better person and not to break you or to bring you down or to do other equally shadowy nasty work so have a great and wonderful week and i will talk to you all very soon and good people of the internet be well